on today's show. It's about Dame time. Lace them up and lock in. JWJ. gentlemen welcome to episode 23 of the jwj podcast i'm your host shane thomas looking across the screen at my guy my shooter on the wing mr james washington what good bruh shout out to mj we finally made it to 23 man but listen Jordan episode but but listen ideally we gonna win a lot more than six titles off this podcast and then y'all listeners are gonna make sure we do it what's good bro chilling man staying out the way <laughs> no for real so we got to talk about it everybody's heard the news already we we had to we had to hop on here and and talk about it dame dollar says holla he wants out of portland <laughs> it finally happened mm -hmm. and Early reports are saying he wants to take his talents to South Beach. Now, there's some other teams in play. We got the Brooklyn Nets and the San Antonio Spurs, from what I've seen. The 11-year-Portland the 11 uh, Portland Trailblazer, seven-time All-Star, wants out of Portland. So, James, one of your favorite players in the league. Yeah, what, what's man. your thoughts on this, bro? My dude, my dude. Everybody knows I'm a big, big Dame fan. I told you. I, I ain't no I ain't no seven footer man. I was always one of them little guys on the court and dude dudes like AI, dudes like Dame. I mean, even even the 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 journalism background, dudes like CJ McCollum. Like I've always been fans of the small guards. Chris Paul, I'm a Chris Paul guy. I people have their opinions, but those those are my kind of players. I like the small guys with big hearts. When it comes to Dame, I'm gonna tell you right now. Um the the title of this episode says everything that needs to be said. He should have been gone a long time ago. Uh, Portland's front office has not done much, if anything, to convince him that they were really trying to build a strong team around him. Drafts over the last few years, it's all been, you know, young guys. They haven't made moves to put any solid pieces around him. So I... We, we talked about it pretty often that this was a long time coming. I'm it, it's weird because I want to say I'm surprised it finally happened, but at the same time, I'm not. And my, my big reason for that is Dame has been that loyal guy. And I think he finally got to a point where he understands that loyalty ain't going to put anything on my fingers. So right. he he finally got to that point where he's like, I got to go. But I, one thing I will say, I know Miami's in the talks. I know Brooklyn's in the talks. I know the Spurs are in the talks. First thing I'm going to say, I, I will be more surprised than I've ever been in my life if he ends up in San Antonio. Reason being, San Antonio right now is building for the future. And my immediate question is, 
you're about to go into season 12, which I mean, Dame at this point is what, like 30, what, 33, 32, 33, somewhere around there. Um, if you're if yeah, you're looking yeah, he'll be he'll be 33 next season. Yeah, like if you're looking at that kind of age on your body already and you weren't down for a rebuild in Portland, I don't care how good Wimbenyama is going to be. Why would you go into another rebuild situation in San Antonio? I don't think it's going to be San Antonio. I understand it may not be Miami just because you know Cronin is looking for you know, big name, star quality in return for the trade to Miami. So it may not be Miami. It could be if they pick up on a third team. But I don't think San Antonio is going to factor into this at all because he would literally just be going into the same situation in a hotter place. Yeah, and they just don't, they don't, they just don't have the, they don't have anything that I think Portland would even want. I mean, Mm -hmm. just because they've been bad, like they don't really have any kind of assets that would help Portland as far as, you know, obviously they want like a, a star caliber or a budding star player back. I don't think, I don't think anybody on San Antonio is that. <laughs> so I think that for those reasons, I think San Antonio would be out Miami, Miami, you could do some different things. I mean, I, you know, there was, there was talks that Bam Adebayo was in play. Now I'm seeing more so Tyler Hero and, and Duncan Robinson with picks. I think Tyler Hero, even though it wouldn't be the biggest backcourt per se, I think if they were to get Tyler Hero, a young backcourt of Scoot Henderson and Tyler Hero, that that kind of that kind of looks nice to me. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, it it does. I mean, for a, like I said, if you if you keep in mind the rebuild, um, I it it would have to be something around Tyler Hero because to me, if you were to give anything up in Miami in order to get Dame there, you can't give up any bigs because overall that is a small team, and we yeah, saw him a whole lot up front. No, and we saw what that did for them in the finals. And they that lost has, Cody Zeller. They, he, there you he's go. Going they, to the Pelicans. Exactly. And you lost one of the bigs that actually managed to try to give you anything. You you have to. It it would have to be Tyler Hero. You can't. To me, you can't give up Duncan Robinson. He's kind of your tweener that that'll give you a little bit of the perimeter, a little bit of the inside. You can't give up Bam. If you give up Bam, you have nothing left. I mean. They did just sign Thomas Bryant. You know, if he stays healthy, yes, I'm going to take shots at a former Laker. If he stays healthy, then maybe he can actually play. That's a significant, you know, that'd be a that, significant downgrade, though, from Adebayo to Thomas Bryant. Like, that's that's a um, massive downgrade. Yeah, I mean, literally, I mean, literally the only thing Thomas Bryant brings to that team is a championship ring. I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, no knock, but I mean, Sun Yu has a ring. So, I mean, it. It, I just, it, I, I just, Portland, honestly, and we've, we've talked about this off air so often. I, I feel like Portland, put it like is it, Dame was too loyal, I think, to Portland. Because yeah, I agree. The thing is, it's like, as long as they're trying to make moves to sweeten the roster and make it a contender, even the, even the teams that 
I think I think this is one reason. I think this is one thing to mention about this. Them making that that wasn't it the conference finals run a, a few years back. Talking about like close uh, to it. You talking about Portland? You mean? Yeah, Portland. I feel yeah, like yeah, they, they made it. Yeah, they made it. They made it to the conference finals and got and they got swept by uh, Golden State. Yeah, so I feel like the run they were on. And then making it to the Western Conference Finals, that was almost fool's gold in a way because it said, mm-hmm. it said, okay, because put it like this, and here's here's a comparison I just thought of now. That mm-hmm. run that, and ironically, it was against it was against Golden State, but that Portland run where they make it to the Western Conference Finals is pretty much exactly how the Mavericks did when they made the Western conference finals hmm, a couple of years ago. before last. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it, 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 it basically makes you think, Oh, we made the Western conference finals. We're doing something right. It's like, no, mm-hmm. your team just kind of got hot and overachieved. Yeah. So yeah, it's not necessarily that the roster was built to be a, a, a bona fide contender, but you Dame had, had a great playoff run and got you there. And then eventually you bow out to golden state. So it's like, you know, it's kind of fool's gold. It's like, just like last year, everybody's like, Oh, you know, um, you know, Oh, Jalen Brunson will definitely be back for Dallas. And then he's not. And then no, you I realize you. like this team, we talked about it before. It's like with that Mavs team, pretty much all the role players kind of capped out. Everybody was playing well. And as long as they were lights out, hmm. the team was great. Now, nah, funny thing, we... now, nah, funny thing with Brunson. I mean, you remember, right. I told you as soon as he went on that tear mm-hmm. and Luca was still out. Remember, I told you during the first round last yeah, year, 41, I was like, yeah. I told you during the first round last year, I was like, I'm telling you now, JB is not going to be a Mav next year. Uh, like because, because that right there showed that he needed to be in a position where he can be the guy and, and New York happened to be that place. Right. And it's like, I feel like the thing that makes it the thing that in, in just a quick tangent on that, like before we get back into Dame, like, I just feel like with Brunson, the reason that it, it's such a fumble for Dallas in that situation was because Jalen Brunson's like an ultimate like pro, like he's going to do whatever like is needed. Definitely. So it's like, right. he's not going to go to you and be like, I need my touches. I need blah, blah, blah. Like, I feel like he's that guy that's, that's like whatever the team needs. He's like, fit, if you need me off the, the ball, system. I'll do that. Yeah. He's going to fit the system. <clears throat> right. And so like going back to Portland, it's like, okay, what, what have they exactly done, you know, since those, that conference run that has inspired anything? Cause I mean, think about it. Yusuf Nurkic seemed like a good deal at the time. And then, you know, his leg went, zigzag and then that was it for him pretty much and then his his leg nerked right and then cj mccollum you you dealt him finally and and you broke up that backcourt and i thought right then and there once that happened i thought that was i thought the writing was on the wall there that it's like okay cj has been the best player you played with he's he was like your running mate and y'all had the most success as a team with the two of you there so when they got rid of CJ, that should have been the first thing that said, all right, well, I need to get up out of here. Like Jeremy Grant, oh, and, and, there you go. You know, I, there you go. You know, yeah. acquiring him, I don't think that really moved the needle at all. 
because I well I, I I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna quickly disagree on that. I think it did, but what I think messed them up is where you decided that he was worth one sixty over five. That that's that's what I think messed them up. Jeremy Grant's a heck of a player. I I do think he's a heck of a player. And if you if you ignore CJ McCollum, I feel like Jeremy Grant was probably the next best player that he's ever had alongside him. Right. Which is, which is not saying much. But I think when you go and you put that kind of money into him, when you just put all this money into Dame, what, a year or two ago? Right. That right there shows it's almost like the situation in Phoenix where you put that much money into your top stars. You're not going to have much money to fill the roster out. And right now, outside of Scoot Henderson, you don't have anything left. So that I mean, they they had really, what they they had Josh Hart. Josh Hart is gone. He's been yeah. gone. They like the only, everything the only everything they've had is out left. of there. Yeah, like the only core you even have coming back. I mean, you're you're basically saying okay. Cam Reddish is a Laker. We we mentioned that. Everything's gone. Yeah, like like you're basically saying, okay, our core right now is, and you take Dame out of it because he wants to trade. So you're talking Scoot Henderson, Shaden Sharp, Anthony Simons. Now, for a young team, I mean that's that seems like a decent place to start, but that's not a team that's going to be contending for a title. That's what I was going to say, as long as you don't plan on winning anything right away. Right, and so, like, with Jeremy Grant, I mean, I feel like it was a, it was a, a nice, it was a nice wing piece to have because I feel like they hadn't, they, they didn't have, like, many good wings. I mean, they had, like, Robert Covington there for a while. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, Jeremy Grant, to me, is kind of like the good stats on a bad team guy. Which not is, to which say is not why... to say that's not to say that's a knock on him. Like it, no, it wouldn't it's, be. It's... it's not a knock on him as much as it would be a knock on like a Christian Wood kind of guy. Which is more reason that it's a problem that you're throwing that much money. That you're, yeah, that you're throwing one sixty at him. Yeah, like I kudos kudos to Jeremy Grant for getting paid. I think I think Dame is a big reason why that happened. Of course. Um. So Dame had to had to, you know drop one more dime and 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 get Jeremy Grant his bag but mm-hmm. like now you're saying okay now he's now he's he's looking to go to a contending team preferably Miami uh it it'll be interesting to see if he, if if that deal does happen you're talking Jimmy Butler and Damian Lillard and they don't want to part with Caleb Martin They've lost Matt Struess. Kyle Lowry could possibly be on the move. I don't know if they if they resign which him, it'll I mean, be for cheap. Which again, it's like how exciting is that? I mean, no no knock on Kalo, but injuries have been a problem with him lately too. So right, and and so I like I mean I like I like a, a big three in the East of of Jimmy Dame and Bam. Oh, I love it. I love um, it. I Especially, think, I think they, they, they would easily they they would easily to me a move like that. I mean, not that they're not already, but that would just solidify that they're already going to be the best team in the Southeast Division next year, easily. Yeah, which you know, I don't know if that's saying again. Again, that's what I'm saying. It's easy. It, it's not saying much. I mean, there's there's not much for them to compete with. Yeah, I I, th- I think it'll. It... <sighs> 
Dame Dame definitely adds some punch to that lineup because I mean, even though they made the NBA Finals, we talked about this. They were they were twenty fifth in the league in offense, right? So, adding a guy that's averaged thirty points a game and can shoot the ball unlimited range gives their offense a different dynamic that they haven't right. had. Right. They haven't had an explosive perimeter scorer there probably since I guess you could say Dwayne Wade, but he was more of like a, a midi slashing guy. Was, in in another in another way, the the only reason as much as I love Dame, the only reason that I wouldn't be super excited just from a basketball perspective, mm-hmm. he doesn't do anything for them defensively. Right. And and see like that that aspect it's like as much as he would enhance the offensive side Mm -hmm. the defensive side it's like i don't know it's like is the system is the system enough to cover any of the deficiencies he may have on that side ah yeah it's tough man and see that's a that's an eric spolstra question right because at the end of the day it's like as great of a defender as jimmy butler is and Bam is a pretty good defender in his own right. It's like, okay, you know, Kyle Lowry was kind of the guy. Like, everybody talked about his defense, but, I mean, Kyle Lowry's old now, man. That's like, what I'm saying. But he's, what, 36? Uh, 36 or 37. Like I think I, I want to say 37, actually. Yeah, so, I like, it's like, you like, defensively, you're not really – you're hoping <laughs> that – and, 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 and being around other defensive personnel and in a, a system where they were a top ranked defense or up near the top of the league in defense. And and like, and, and low and low is a very deceptive 37 because you know it, it's one of those things where like the casual fan would immediately assume that Lowry's only been in the league for like five years. <laughs> right. Cause because <laughs> there's big chunks where you don't even realize that like he was a rocket or a grizzly. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like people think his career started in Toronto. Right, right, right. He has one of the weirdest like NBA career arcs that like you he know, because it's like you don't really he think does. about those teams. Like he went to yeah. two stops. Yeah. Before you even realized, okay, Toronto was the thing. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's a lot of things that like for Kyle Lowry never even like took shape until we got to Toronto, like that ass though. But you know, I'm just saying, like oh God. That's pretty much what happened, right? Ooh, like we, La- we didn't even know Lowry, Lowry with the donk. Yeah, we didn't even realize, you know, the the cake and everything else. Like we didn't even know that until <laughs> Toronto. Oh no. So like there's so many things we didn't even know about Kyle Lowry until he got to Toronto. Oh, DeMar DeRozan is going to cuss us out when he hears this. I hope he hears yeah. it. Hey, y'all make sure he hears it. That's the JWJ podcast. We are on all major outlets. We are on Spotify. We're on Overcast. We're on iHeartRadio. Y'all check that out. Make sure y'all let if, all if, your friends know. And one more thing on that. If you are listening to this on YouTube, if you've made it this far, I need y'all to go down in the comment section below and put that ass though. Oh, God. Do it. I need y'all to put that in the comment section below. Do that now. Do that now. Do that. <laughs> now, <laughs> that being said, asses aside, oh, um, in terms of like getting the hall back, I mean, we've sitting here talking all, the, all this sounds like ass talk now. Um, ah, yeah, I know it's yeah. Well, <laughs> let's 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 let that go. Yeah, let's 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 let it go. So, 
Portland wants a star player back in this, but if it's not Miami and you and say they don't give up Tyler Hero, then you'd be talking about possibly getting a third team involved. So you would have to. You'd have so to. So at that point, it makes you think, okay, who else is out there that may be looking for another team that you could throw in that deal where you could possibly get some more assets back? Because James Harden wants a trade from Philly. But Philly also has something that Portland may be interested in, in Tyrese Maxey or, you know, a Tobias Harris or something like that. So, you know, is that is that something that seems that could be viable for for Portland if they're trying to get back like something of value other than like a shooter and some picks? I I don't know, man. I to me, I just feel like. I, I understand and I respect the fact that Cronin wants like an all-star caliber player in return. But I, I I think the tough situation here is who's one, who's going to want to give up an all-star player right now in a three team, if they're not going to be the ones getting Dame in return. Right. And two, it's like, if we're being real with when it comes to Portland, it don't matter who you get, y'all are still going to have a lottery pick next year because there, there's no one or two players that you're going to get right now that's going to put y'all in a position to where you're doing anything better than playing in to the postseason next year. Right. So I just think it's a tough situation all around. I mean, and, and just like we look at every other player that's in this situation in the past, Dame got what he wanted. Dame got his money. I respect him. Dame tried his hardest to be loyal to the squad. Portland would have been in better position on two fronts. They would have been in better position to compete if Dame left, if they had put more around him. They would have been in better position to compete if they had put more around him because maybe he wouldn't leave. Right. Right. And and that's the thing. It's like I a good a good example to start with this whole trade request thing is, you know, Dame is Dame spending, you know, 11 years in Portland. I mean, you got to think, okay, other guys that have stuck it out with teams that long, you know, like Tim Duncan only played for the Spurs. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, it, I mean, it helps when you win a ring as a rookie. I right. mean, but I mean, he was, he could have been, he could have been, he could have been shipped to Orlando in that famous deal that never happened. Well, that would have, I mean, that's like I said, again, that's a very different situation because right, like he there already was no had trade request. He all, no, it's a very different situation because he already had a taste of winning before that ever came up. That that's right. very that's different, right? So, like, I think a a more apt comparison, and I, I hate as a fan that I always end up coming back to this because it makes me sound like such a fanboy, even though this is not a fanboy point. You got to think about Dirk Nowitzki when he played for Dallas. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I would say Dirk. I would say Dirk, or even I mean, kind of on that same vein. We don't have to look at Dallas. We could look at anywhere else. You you could even also bring up something like Steve Nash. Right. You, you could you could say that Steve, I mean, Steve Nash was that consummate professional that, you know, he was never that one like, yo, get me the hell out of here. Like, this sucks. Like, now, he did end up getting moved. He, now, but it, there's two there's two there's two things here. And 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 I know I know you can I know you'll back me up on this one. So, yo, I got to I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. We'll get right back to that. My phone just vibed and I just got an alert that I want to throw out there. I know we're going to get to free agency in a minute. Go ahead. Anthony Edwards in Minnesota just agreed on a five-year rookie max deal that could be worth up to 260 mil. 
I just wanted I just wanted to put that in there before I forget. Damn, well, how much money Minnesota got to not be winning nothing? Listen, man. Well, I mean, they're not putting their money into winning. So I mean that's they're putting that. their money into two centers and now and now the guy who's who's better than both of them. They're putting they're putting their money into making sure that COVID doesn't happen again, Shane. I'm sorry. We're not gonna go down that road with that joke. Keep but, keep, keep going, keep going. But yeah, like I, I think Dame basically found himself in the same position as Dirk Nowitzki was back in 2010. And what I mean by that is Dirk went to, he, he had, he had deep playoff runs before 2003. They were in the Western conference finals, 2006, they were in the NBA finals before losing to Miami 2007. They had a, the 67 win team, but they were put out in the first round by Golden State. We believe. And then after that, you're talking 2007, they, they lose in, I think, five or six. I think it was six to Golden State. 2008, they lose to, like, the Hornets. Then 2009, I think they were out second round when they lost to Denver. And then 2010, they lose to San Antonio. So... Mm-hmm. You're all these first round exits, second round exits, whatever. It's like they had more, they had more like hardship than success at that point. And the case was still the same. It's like, okay, what do we get around this guy that Mm -hmm. can get us over the hump? I mean, 2003, they had Steve Nash, Michael Finley, Nick Van Axel. You know, that, that was probably the most talented team top to bottom Dirk Nowitzki ever had in his career. And then you could you could make the argument the 2003 team was better than the 2006 team. <laughs> the 2003 team was probably better than his 2007 team in terms of talent. And then 2011, mm, 2003 probably outweighs that. The problem is they blew up the 2003 team after 2004. Steve Nash gets you know is allowed to walk to Phoenix, and suddenly it's Dirk's team. And so I say that to say, you know, they tried different looks around Dirk. They, they had tried, uh, they, they made the trade for Jason Kidd. They had Devin Harris and Josh Howard and Eric Dampier and like all these people they tried to plug in as like guys around Dirk, but it never quite stuck. It never quite worked. Like Jason Terry was like the only player that kind of hung out there for the most part that, you know, was in ended up being a part of that championship team from like when Dirk first entered like his prime prime. And he still so, had a big ass head. Yeah. And so, you know, that that wasn't me, Jed, in case you're listening. That was uh Oh no, it was me. But um but no, like 2010, I'll be honest, as a Mavs fan, Dirk was in a similar position to Damian Lillard. We've tried all these different things, like nothing's really worked, you know, like the more there's more talk about okay he he's he's great but he hasn't won a title and and i was one of the first people i'll be honest and this will probably be the first time i've said this on air but i've said it you know i've said it off air many times i think in 2010 i was in i was probably in the minority that said dirk should leave hmm. dirk should dirk should leave dallas and honestly the the team that i wanted him to try to go to was Chicago. 
because I was sitting there looking at, I was like, Joe Kim Noah, Derrick Rose, like all the, all the stuff they had in Chicago. If you pair prime Dirk with MVP Derrick Rose with Joe Kim Noah is like the defensive anchor of that team, that team would win multiple titles. So I just thought this was time for Dirk to bail. Instead, Dirk came back. I think he signed for four years and 80 million when he could have got 96. So he left money on the table. Now, him taking that pay cut allowed them to get Tyson Chandler. And, you know, they they had already acquired Karan Butler and Brendan Haywood and all them dudes, right? So that was that was what agreeing to stay actually ended up leading them to a title the next season. Going back to Dame, this situation was like, okay, they they had CJ, that team had capped out. Once CJ was gone, though, they didn't they didn't re-up the team in the same way that Dallas re-upped around Dirk. They didn't. You know, oh yeah, and Sean Marion came to the team and all that. So with shout, with out, shout, shout out, shout out to Matrix. Um, just, I, you you gonna end up on this podcast too. You just don't know it yet. Right, I, so, I have my reasons. Like that, that's where Portland failed. Is Dallas had the coach? In, they had the coach they wanted. They just needed the pieces. In Portland, the coach that got them the most success, they parted with. So Terry Stotts, they gave him, they gave him the boot after they got put out in the playoffs. CJ's gone, and then you don't, you don't get an experienced head coach in there after that. You don't really retool the roster in a way that makes sense. Doesn't help that, what, not this past season, but the year before that, Dame only plays 29 games because he's out injured. So the team just never really, they never really put enough around him and and he wasn't able to to be healthy enough to even, you know, compete with that team. So it was, it was, it's about two years overdue for him to request this trade. I think he should have been out. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, now the question is, and and I feel like the main reason he hadn't requested this trade is because, I mean, I don't think he wanted to just be that another top player to bail on their team. But at the end of the day, Look, it's like would- if you're a top player and winning is the goal, then you have to look at your team and say, okay, am I good enough to carry this this team as constituted to a title, or do I need help? And he if they, he, go ahead. He, he he wouldn't be the first. I mean, we could look at that organization's history in general. I mean, right. two two of the biggest stars that team has ever had in Clyde Drexler and Bill Walton have both requested trades away from the team. Now, right. granted, Bill Walton won a ring there before he left. Right. But I mean, you have stars that for whatever reason became disgruntled with the team. Bill Walton's was because of, you know, he he felt like they weren't really handling injuries well because, you know, he had all a lot of the what was it, the leg, the foot injuries and yeah, everything. Foot injuries, yep. So he he was dealing with a lot of injuries and he said he felt like the team wasn't really handling his injuries properly. So he demanded to leave. Clyde just felt like the team wasn't really going anywhere. And I mean, Clyde still holds the record right now for most, most games played with the franchise. So, I mean, it, it, it happens. So I think that 
I think the problem with it is we're looking at this era of quote unquote player empowerment right now. Mm-hmm. And we're using that to put an unfair spotlight on Dame where it's like, we're knocking him for wanting to be loyal. And to me, that's the ultimate irony. Like, we're we're gonna we're gonna look at you and be like, yo, what's wrong with you? How dare you want to stay with your team? But then at the same time, as soon as somebody else leaves, then we're like, oh man, he's just ring chasing. I'm like, you can't win for losing. It's it's right. Like either, yeah, like it's it's crazy. It's like you become like that. It's like you should be like the sympathetic figure. Like the fact that you want to stay with the team shouldn't be considered a throwback, but it is. Right. It is like there's just not in in the in the age of player movement, player empowerment, like people just don't stay with the same team. Like, I mean, hell, DeMar DeRozan, if he hadn't been traded for Kawhi, he'd probably still be in Toronto. He absolutely would. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's it's one of those things, man. But like, I just feel like Dame had basically become. You know, Dame and Portland's relationship basically became like we're together, but we sleep in we sleep in separate bedrooms and mm. we don't, you know, we might go out to eat and stuff, but you know, we basically just stand together for the kids. Mm-hmm. And you can't, you know, if you're trying to win, it's like, look, they're they're Portland from Portland's standpoint, it's like, look. We got Damian Lillard, so that's what sells tickets. So he's still here. And now that Dame says, okay, we want out, you know, they waited forever for this. They could have pulled the trigger on it sooner and just said, look, man, like, we want to get you to a better situation. I don't know if that was ever presented to Dame, but how Dame is talking, he was never really interested in that until now. So I think you could finally start to see, okay, like, it became more and more like you started hearing more about Dame being vocal about wanting to win and people more confronting him about, okay, do you want, like, would you want a trade out of Portland? He's not going to say that, but you know, if, if, you know, you're sitting there and, and a, a bigger, like, you know, nicer situation is presented, you know, it's, it's like, it's like me right now. I work at my local newspaper and I've been there seven years. Mm-hmm. I love serving my community working for the Dallas daily times. Right. Mm-hmm. That's like, if, if a situation presented itself where I could go work for ESPN, mm-hmm. it's like you, you would be, you would listen to that. Like, you, I mean, obviously, of you course. know, picking up your family and moving is, is crazy for anybody, but like, if you have that opportunity, you got to at least entertain it. You got to, you got to listen to that and consider it seriously. Right. So you're seeing Miami make the finals and they weren't the most talented team, but they made a run through, through the Eastern conference, which was loaded this year and made Hmm. the finals. Hmm. And so you're looking at that situation, like, Hmm, I could be the missing piece right there. And, you know, Portland ain't going nowhere. They they're they're going straight to the bottom of the league. Mm-hmm. They'll probably be where Houston was cuz I think Houston is going to take a step up. We'll get to them in a little while, a little while as well. Hmm. But you know, I think it was time and it's been long overdue and so I can't wait to see like if the Miami deal happens then we can talk about that more in depth. 
Um, it'll be interesting to see if he gets what he wants or if he gets shipped to someplace and he has to wait it out to go to Miami. Because Portland doesn't have to play by his rules in this. They don't. Uh, they, you, you're right. They don't have to. But I think we also have to think about the big picture with it. Right. Everything that he's given them for the team to say, you know, well, I'm not going to say the team said it, but reports have come out that the team is willing to accommodate his request to be moved. If they were to be like, okay, Dane wants to go, and now these reports are out there, and then they decide, no, we're not going to help you with what you want, that is going to damn them for the foreseeable future. Oh, yeah. Because any other star or any other player that would even be in free agency, you look at Portland and be like, yo, nah, I saw what they did to Dame. Ain't no way I'm going there. I feel like Portland's hands are tied right now to where you have to get this man where he wants to go. Yeah, some stuff is just bad karma. It's like it's like with the Celtics and the whole Isaiah Thomas situation. Well, anything with the Celtics is a middle finger, but keep going. Yeah, but like it, it it's like you don't want you don't want to do something that is basically like a PR nightmare. Like, you know, Isaiah Thomas had the whole situation where he just lost his sister and he goes out and drops 50 in a playoff game. Wasn't it on her birthday? So, yeah, I believe it I was, think her it was on her birthday. Yeah. And then and then he's traded. Right. And he hasn't been the same since. Right. Anywhere. Right. So I, I think Portland would would rather avoid that. Um you know, they they have they have Dame's replacement in Scoot Henderson. So Easily. they're in a good spot to move on. No, as soon if as any, as soon as yeah. as soon as remember we talked about this weeks before the draft when they everybody was saying that Scoot was projected to go number two to Charlotte. I immediately told you, I was like, that makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, because they I was already like, have why would you I was like, why would you draft Scoot when you already have Melo, who, by the way, we're about to get into free agency. Hey, man. <laughs> but um, and it why I immediately said, I was like, he's not going to Charlotte. He's right. going to Portland. And sure enough, that's how the draft fell into place. So it didn't make sense. We knew that was what was going to happen. And I feel like this was all just a matter of time. Yeah. And I honestly think, even though the media didn't play it up this way, I honestly think that Dame and the organization were just waiting on the right time to put this news out there. I think that Dame has been ready to go for months. I'm going to be generous and say months. It should have been years. But I think he's been ready to go for months. And I think that once it came in and the team is like, yo, I think they thought realistically that Brandon Miller would probably go second as well. Mm -hmm. And they're like, we have to take Scoot, Dame. Like, we have to take Scoot. And then Dame is like, okay, I'm going to be real with it. Like, if y'all can't bring some other people in here. Because Dame, there, there was a story last season where the big thing was Dame said he's not trying to be a part of a rebuild. Right. As right. soon, even not even, not even to put it on Portland and Scoot Henderson, as soon as you did not try to trade that number three pick for anything. That was it. That right. that that did it. As soon if you're willing to keep a top three pick, it's clear that you're building for the future. And that decision alone, right there, should have had every eye open to say, okay, now it's time for Dame to go. It, it's right. it's a wrap. It's time for Dame to go. And 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 one more thing on that. 
And and I thought this was completely left field. I'm sure you probably saw this too. One of the things thrown out after the draft was the idea that you could make a trade that would send Scoot to the Clippers for Paul George. And now, so 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 your I don't idea, know how true that is. I'm like, so your idea of keeping Dame in Portland is to bring him somebody that's been so injury prone lately that Dame would still be alone. Okay, good idea. Right. Like cool story. That that <laughs> that would have been the most desperate. That would have been the most desperate crap anybody could do. If Portland had said you're willing to trade a possible generational talent for a guy who's been for a guy that might have five years left. Right. And maybe not even high end years. Cool story. So no, I, I, I just thought that was interesting, but you know, now, now Portland can look at, okay, we got scoot. We got Anthony Simons. We got shade and sharp. We got our highest paid player now in Jeremy Grant, where he gets five years and one sixty. So now they can move forward and say, okay, we got a young core. We got, you know, a talented wing as, as kind of a focal point as well. They can move on. And now Dame can move on and, and, and start the quest for what he's been chasing his whole career is, is to win a title. I'm going to be in a situation that gives him a better chance to do that. I'm going to go on record right now and say it before we keep pushing. Mark my words. I don't care if I sound like a hater. There will never be a team and this ain't no disrespect from him you know I, you know his his folks are actually from a lot of people don't realize this i gotta show some love real quick um hancock county georgia sparta millersville around that area uh jeremy grant's folks are actually from that area my mom and all my aunties and everything grew up in that area shout out to everybody out that way i'm going to be completely honest and i'm going to say there will never shane and i'm recording this there will never be an NBA championship team where Jeremy Grant is your highest paid player. I, yeah, it's, it's, not a, it's not a knock on him. He is a talent. Remember, I told you, I was like, yo, as soon as Jeremy Grant went to Portland, I was like, yo, that's that's finally a big move for them because I like Jeremy Grant. What he did in Detroit was awesome. Yeah. I, I like Jeremy Grant, but – if Jeremy Grant is your top dog, then you're still sitting pretty far back in the kennel. It's right. it, it is what it I is. Because at the end of the day, the thing that that ultimately got him there is like he was he was what he was in Denver, mm-hmm. which I don't which which another thing on some Kyle Lowry stuff. I don't think a lot of people even realize he was in Denver, right? Because it's like that was before like Denver was like Denver. And so he goes to Detroit. And I mean, if we're being honest, he put in his work. He he put put in in work. He he put put in in his work. He put in his work, but it didn't turn into anything for the team, which literally goes back to that's the thing. It's like you may go and you have career year, but ultimately means nothing because I mean, Detroit has been basketball Siberia for the last, I don't know, probably since what, 2000, probably since what, 2007. I mean, they've only made the playoffs once, I think, probably since 2007. Hmm. So that it's it's a team, it's it's a place where people go to say they play in the NBA still. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
Boyan Bogdanovich went there and he's been in trade talks. I'm sure he he'll probably be on another team. Detroit, uh, Detroit now is what Sacramento used to be. Right. It's like it, it moves around every ever so often. It used to be and it was Minnesota for a while. At one point it was Toronto. It was Toronto, the Grizzlies. Sacramento, like we said. Sacramento. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, now I think Detroit, Detroit's probably it in the east. Hmm. There's two of those in the east. I feel like Orlando's been there. Now, now it's Washington. So it's like Washington. It's, de- it's definitely Washington. And, it's and Washington we'll, we'll, we'll get Detroit. to Detroit. And we'll get to that with the free agency talk. It's definitely Washington. And in a lot of ways, Atlanta. So it's a three-way tie for like weird Siberia, you know, where, where NBA players' careers go to die. But for a very long time. Keep going. Right. So, you know, it, it – so Jeremy Grant putting up numbers in Detroit and being the number one guy in Detroit – and then coming to Portland and obviously Dame is that dude, but like Jeremy Grant didn't necessarily produce at the same level. Um, he'll get paid and, and I'm sure Portland with scoot, they'll be fun. They just probably won't win a whole lot of games. Like, so, like Houston last year. Right. And, and I mean, the upside to Jeremy Grant, I guess, getting this deal is, you know, he may be attractive to a team that's looking at him as possibly the missing piece in a couple of years. So you know, as his career goes in Portland, I'm sure he'll he'll probably be flipped for picks or whatever if they're still trying to, you know, build around Scoot, depending on just how good he is. So, um, you know, that being said, you know, Dame requesting the trade, that's obviously the biggest news of the offseason right now. Um, but, you know, we still got free agency. So the latest stuff going on with that, this is what, July 3rd. So we're in what the the third the third day of free agency. And so uh, the big news that came out full day, it started third full day. Yeah. So, you know, we're at, we're at, we're at that. So let's talk about the latest. We got probably the the craziest thing to me, Mm -hmm. Dylan Brooks, (laughs) who many said he should learn how to speak Mandarin because he'd be playing for the Beijing Ducks. Mm. It's it's four years and eighty million from the Houston Rockets. James, what do you think about that deal, man? Listen, I as much as much as I gave Dylan back during the postseason, I I think that a team would honestly be crazy to think that he's not worthy of being on a roster. I really I I I'm gonna give the man his respect. I mean, you look at the numbers that he gave Memphis, and on top of that. Just that mentality. I think the reason that people gave him a bad rap, and yes, I said people gave him a bad rap as opposed to him doing it to himself. Would people still be looking at him the way that they do if he was talking that trash and say Memphis won a ring this year? They wouldn't. They would look at him the way that they would basically look at a like 20, uh, 2010 Ron Artest like back in 2008 when or 2009 rather when when the Lakers had to play Houston in the conference finals I believe it was Mm -hmm. and um and there was the whole you know there were all the scuffles with Kobe and Ron Artest everybody's looking at Artest like man this dude is crazy man he still ain't moved on from the malice at the palace and blah 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 and as soon as he ends up a Laker with that same mentality 
in 2010, well, in the summer, you know, the summer of 2009, soon as they went a ring in 2010, everybody's like, yo, we needed a guy like Ron Artest. I right. feel like Dylan Brooks is, I feel like Dylan Brooks is that same kind of guy. A lot of people are giving him a bad rap right now because right now his mouth does more than his game. And it's not even necessarily his game. He's on a team that didn't happen to win. We're not going to go into details. We might do it on the next episode. But when your star is more interested with being an idiot on social media, that's going to affect the whole team. Right. So I think that as much as I teased him, and yes, I did. I literally like, you know, wrote wrote some quick bars about him. And I don't have a problem with that because I just had to make sure I still had it with the pen. And clearly I do holla at me. But I I think that when it it's 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 kind of like you have to you you have to pick and choose when to be humble. And unfortunately, he didn't pick and choose properly. So it it ended badly there, but I'm like if we can really be honest, I know other contracts are huge right now, but if we think of potential versus actual, who right now is winning more than the guy that people said would probably be playing in Asia and now he's worth $80 million. Yeah. Yeah. I 80 it, once you once you strip away like all the the extra stuff and the drama and all that, like the the poking bears comment and all the stuff with LeBron, all that stuff, like Dylan Brooks is one of the better defenders in the league. Like he's he's there, he's he's a three and D wing guy that that plays with an edge. Like you take all the stuff he said out of it. I mean, that's his reputation. He's one of the best wing defenders in the league. So for a team like Houston that has the money to spend and and are looking to change their culture around, you know, they've added they've added a lot of pieces. I think he fits in well with the the tone they want to set. They went out, they they got Ime Yudoka as their head coach. They just they just signed Fred Van Vliet to three years and 130. They added Jeff Green. Like they've they've done some good things in free agency to say, okay, look, like we're gonna add some vets and some guys that have winning mentality. It's I like, feel like I feel like they'd have I feel like they'd have been in better shape if they actually held on to Patty Mills, but go ahead. Yeah. But I mean, you know, that would have that would have just added to like the pedigree of guys that have been on winning teams. And right. I mean that's why I feel like that was necessary. Yeah, and, and for I mean, for all of I mean, Jeff Green, they just want just won a title with Denver. It's right. like Adding guys that have been there before, you need those dudes in your locker room because they know what success is like. They know what they had to do to get to where they got to. Um, Dylan Brooks, you know, for for all for everything that that we got to say about it, the Grizzlies have been winning the last few years, and he's been there. He's been a part of that kind of turnaround, that that transition from the grit and grind Grizzlies to the new era with Ja and everybody else. So, Mm -hmm. like. He's been one of the one of the bright spots from that turnaround. Right. And from that from that bridge from one area of that team to the other. So um I think and he and he kind of fits that timeline. I think what Dylan Brooks is only what 27? Yeah. He he's a young gun. He yeah, so, so I mean so I know I know what he I know he came out of Oregon. 
Um, right. So he's, he's he, he hasn't he hasn't been yeah he hasn't been in the league very long and it's it's another one of those things where I feel like a lot of people weren't paying attention because he's not like one of those household names. Right. Like like Dylan Brooks is. I mean, he, he's, he's been, he's been in the league a little bit. I mean, you could, you could say he's a veteran now, um, mm. you know, but, but he's had a lot of success, you know, in a short period of time. I mean, yeah, he's, he's only 27. Um, a lot of people may not realize this, but he is Canadian. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, shout out to shout out to wifey. Yeah. But at, at the end of the day, he's, he's, a, he's, he's one, one of the elite, you know, wing defenders in the league six seven two twenty five like and i think a lot of people don't realize that that man is six seven right i think i think that's a big part of it too like he's he he talks a big game but if we're being honest damn near everybody looks small facing up with lebron james (laughs) i mean that dude is a mountain so it's like every everybody looks small in that situation but i i think that i think that as much as Desmond Bain catches flack for the way that he thinks and the way that he talks, the way that he acts on the court, if we're being honest, what's the difference between, now we're not talking gameplay here, but what I'm going to say, what's the difference between his attitude on the court and a guy like Marcus Smart? So you mean you you you're talking about Dylan Brooks? Yes, yes. Okay. When I when I say Dylan, when I say so, what's the difference between the way that Dylan Brooks wants to carry himself with his brashness and his attitude? What's the difference between his attitude on the court? Not talking his game. What's the difference between his attitude and the attitude of a guy like Marcus Smart? The only difference is that one of those teams is winning. Right. To me, that's the only difference. Yeah. Marcus and, Smart. And I mean, Marcus Smart is only what six two, six three. Yeah, he's like not Mar- a big guy. Yeah, yeah Marcus like Smart is yeah. Marcus Smart is a little guy, but we appreciate his attitude and his temperament because he's on a team that's winning. And plus, here's another thing too. Like, let's not let's not act like you know. I I feel like this past year didn't reflect on Dylan Brooks positively. Mm. But if you if you look at the numbers. I mean, what, 2021-22, he averaged 18 points a game. Right. Before that, he averaged 17. Before that, he averaged 16. Mm -hmm. So it's like, and he's been a full-time starter for them. You know, like his rookie year, he was starting for the Grizzlies. As a 22-year-old, I mean, he was averaging 11, but he, he played in 74 of 82 games. He played in all 82 as a rookie. And started 74. That's impressive. Now, granted, they probably weren't winning nothing then, but still. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, a, a guy that can average 18 and and Houston's about to get him in the prime of his career. And he's he's I think it's a good, it's a good move. Now, obviously, the money is gonna sound weird because everybody had him slated to be out of the league. Right. You know, but no, I, I think I think. For for Houston, it's a good move for them because in order to get a guy of Dylan Brooks's caliber, you got to spend. No, know? and it's and like he's and, in his and prime. Like, and and it's like it's like that one thing that I always tell you. I'm not I'm not gonna take credit, you know, for for the slogan because I heard I heard it on the radio a while back. But 
not not even to say that Dylan Brooks necessarily fits the mold, but it fits every player in the NBA. And I've said it before. Every player is a max player somewhere. Mm -hmm. Dylan, Dylan Brooks is valuable somewhere. So it was easy for us to make the jokes about, oh, he's going to be out. Oh, it's going to be a wrap, this and that. But somebody's going to want him. Like, if if you're on a team as a key player that is the second best team record-wise in the Western Conference, you really think nobody's going to want this guy? <laughs> if we're being realistic, you really think nobody's going to want this guy? Like I said, it was easy for me to make the jokes because he was talking the biggest game when it came into the playoffs and he was having to play against my team. Like, right. so it was, it was easy to make those jokes, but if we're being real, he was easily one of the most important people on that team. If we look at Memphis, you see what they immediately had to do. Dylan Brooks left. Well, Dylan Brooks got shown the door essentially. Right. Tyus Jones got traded. So you immediately have that gap to fill, especially when for the first 25 games of the season, your your star point guard who shall remain nameless until I go off on a future episode is not going to be there. So you you're you're short three key guards on your roster. You bring in a guy like Marcus Smart. Absolutely. Marcus Smart is the Dylan Brooks replacement, but he comes in with a higher pedigree. Mm -hmm. Like you you. So that to me shows that you understand what Dylan Brooks was worth. Right. You know what he was worth. So it, like I said, I tease, I make jokes, but at the end of the day, he was in, he was incredibly valuable to that team. And I'm, I'm honestly glad that he's getting his money. Now to go from that situation, I'm going to keep it in Memphis. Desmond Bain Duh. was brought back. That he boy, was given that, an extension. That boy just totally slayed Batman. Five years. 270 of them things. That five years, 270. Man. Come on now. Come on now. To go I, back I, to the Grizzlies. Now, that one, <laughs> I got a, a Google Doc where we put our points in there. I put 270 and I immediately put like the three exclamation points in parentheses next to it. And I, and I, and I, and I, and I already, I already have a joke ready. So check this out. Um, I don't I don't know if you saw the reports lately, Shane, but there was apparently a guy. I think it was a guy in Atlanta that actually paid like a crap ton of money to um, to to have like limb lengthening surgery to like make himself taller. Mm -hmm. Like he. Yeah. So you did you see did you see the story about that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's why they're giving D-Bane that money. They're giving Dez that money because they want him to use part of that 270 to lengthen his arms. Um, that's, he, that, might that's have, he might have the shortest wingspan. Absolutely. Of any that's, player in the NBA that's like 6'5 or taller. Absolutely. That, that 270. His arms at are least, comically short. That 270, at least a good 10 to 15 of that is going to have to go to arm lengthening surgery. That's why they gave that to him. They didn't want that. They didn't want it to be on the team to be like, Oh, Memphis says he can't be here unless he gets his arms lengthened. So we're going to pay for it. So they put it in his new contract that he's going to have to go do it himself. 
we'll just give you the money for it and you can be on record saying you did it that that's oh, what that is I, I'm, I'm sorry like and this this will be the most i'll crack on it and whenever i see desmond Bain, i just think of that like spongebob episode where he goes to the beach and like <laughs> and he gets like the fake arms from larry yeah <laughs> and like he's walking around like i can't help but but think of that when i see desmond Bain. that that's right. that's hilarious to me but um all jokes aside like they retain one of their better players. I mean, he's the best shooter on the team. They did what they were supposed to do. Um, he's 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 low key an elite shooter. I mean, I don't, I, I think I don't know if he like that's his calling card, but I don't know if he gets enough credit for being just the sniper on that team. No, I mean, I feel like they don't have like, a lot of shooting on that team. I feel like it was mentioned. I feel like it was mentioned. I can't remember if it was this past season or the season before. He actually went down for a while. And mm-hmm. the media, the media did a really good job of mentioning that while he was gone, like one of the biggest areas that they would be struggling was in three point shooting. Yeah, I want to, I want to say, I want to say, and don't quote me on it. I feel like he was their best three point shooter last year. Oh yeah. By a mile. Yeah. By a mile. Like, so, like, yeah. so, I mean, yeah, it, 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 it definitely works. It definitely makes sense. I mean, the front office is paying attention. The, the front, the front office is paying attention and, I'm I'm with you though, man. The 270, I'm like, yeah, that's a lot. Not not like... to say I, I'm never I'm never gonna say an NBA player is not worth a certain amount of money because it goes back to that whole like everybody's a max player somewhere. If a team thinks you're worth that money and they pay you, then that means you're worth that money, regardless. Fans can think what they want. If a team is willing to give you money, then clearly you're worth that amount of money to somebody. So I'm never gonna argue that. My whole thing as a front office guy is I'm like, I'm looking at our roster now. We've made some decent moves. You know, we got Marcus Smart. You know, we brought in Derrick Rose, which that, that's something I'll talk about later, too. I love that move for a lot of reasons, but I'm going to save that for, you know, um, the uh, the idiot episode, whatever. <laughs> um, but I also think, I don't know. It maybe it's easy for me to think this way because I'm not a millionaire. <laughs> but it's like if you give me a choice of say you'll sign me for 5 years and 270 or there's an option that you'll sign me for 5 years and say 170 and then we can use the rest of that cap space to bring in a lot of guys that are going to help push us towards a ring when we were already a playoff team last year and we had already gone deep into the playoffs the year before. Right. If, if those are my options. And like I said, maybe this is me talking to somebody that that's not a millionaire. I'm clearly taking the 170, and I would be like, yo, go do what y'all got to do. I'm happy with this money. I'm glad to be here. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's easy for me to say something like that from the outside, but at the same time, you and I have had this talk before. If I'm in his shoes and I'm that guy that says, yo, my career could possibly be over in the first game of the season. Julius Randle. I'm going to go Lakers for a second. When Julius Randle was a Laker, fractured his leg, opening night. What if that had ended his career? Like, from, from that kind of mindset, I would definitely be like, 
yeah, let me get that money because I don't know how much money I'm going to make later on. What if I get hurt tomorrow? What if I get hurt next week? Right. So it, it's I'm very torn on the situation. It's like from a fan standpoint, I'm like, yeah, take that cut so that you can make our team better and then we can win and then you can go get your money on the back end. But as a player, having to be in that gym every day, having to be at practice every day, having to run around, having to run up and down that court, having to do this and that, I get it. It's like, nah, let me take this money now. I mean, yeah, are we gonna rent are we gonna win a ring? Maybe not. But I'm gonna get mine. I I get where the selfish aspect can come in. And I hate to even label it as selfish because to well, me, I mean, you gotta look out, you gotta look out for your best interest. Exactly. These these dudes have families, these dudes have kids. Like, right. and that's the major purpose. Basketball is love, but these guys also have lives outside of basketball. So when when you see those guys that are like, I refuse to take a pay cut, it's like on one hand, you're like, yeah, let's make sure that you understand how people are going to look at you because of that. But at the same time, I feel like people also need to understand, yeah, you're human and you got to do what you got to do. And if somebody's if somebody's willing to pull, you know, four Brinks trucks up to you. Why should I settle for two? It's right. I like, mean, if, if you're yeah, if you're if you're an elite player in the league, you know, like say, you know, it, it's one of those deals. It's like it's like what it, it, it was popular when uh Angel Reese did the whole thing. Like, yeah, the price just went up or mm-hmm. yesterday's price isn't today's price or whatever. Right. Like, it's like, yeah, like when you're when you're good. You don't hear about LeBron talking about no pay cut because he's LeBron freaking James. Exactly. You know, like with this, I mean, it's it's a little wild because you don't really think of you don't really think of uh, Desmond Bain as as you know an elite player in the league yet. But you know, at the end of the day, I mean, he's he just can't. He's coming off a career year. I mean, it was only his third year, and I want to say he might have been a second round pick. Um, no, he was the end of the first, he was into the first round. He was the 30th pick in the 2020 draft. And, you know, he's in a situation where he's coming off a career year. Last year, he averaged 21 and a half points, five rebounds, 4.4 assists, um, led the team in three pointers made shot well from the field. Um, you know, I, I think keeping that shooter next to Ja Morant, and and all the other guards they have there is going to be big, but um, you know it, it's I think I think you got to lock him up. I mean it it it's a lot of money, um, but you know he has a game that will age really well. Um, the fact that he can average twenty one and a half points a game as as a guy that's you know known for just his shooting, um, that that's that's huge. Um, I think it's a dimension that the Grizzlies aren't shy about paying for because it's been at a premium. I mean, other than, I mean, other than Desmond Bain, I mean, Jaron Jackson Jr. is like the only other guy that really shoots threes for them. I mean, they went and got Luke Kennard um, that they, you know, you kind of want to lock up your shooters, but it's just interesting to me that, you know, that, that 270 was the number on the extension um, because you don't, you know, we don't really think of Desmond Bain as as that level of player, but 
you know, if you can average 21 in the NBA, you're doing something right. And, you know, like I said, looking at just looking at the numbers, you know, Desmond Bain led the team in three-point shooting. He made 166 threes last year, shot just under 41% from three. Ironically, the next best three-point shooter in terms of makes was Dylan Brooks, who made 143 threes last year. Didn't shoot the percentage that Desmond Bain did, but he hit 143 triples last year. Tyus Jones, who's been shipped out, made 121. Jaron Jackson Jr. made 100 as a 23-year-old last year. And then after that, nobody had 100 threes made. John Morant only made 92 threes and shot 30% from three. So Luke Kennard, who only played 24 games, only played 24 games, made 74 three-pointers. John Morant played 61 games and made 92. So that that that's how important that the three-point shot is you know, with the lack of shooters they have there. So the fact that, you know, Desmond Bain made 166 threes and, and, you know, they only had four guys make over a hundred threes. And then you had one guy who had, he played the whole year probably would have made a hundred threes in Luke Kennard three point shooting was at a premium. So for Desmond Bain to average 21 and a half and lead the team in three pointers made, like, I think that's what ended up getting him paid. And they realized just how much, just how just the importance of the dimension of three point shot and and investing in that, especially as a a bigger running mate to John Morant, mm-hmm. I think that's huge for them just to keep him in the fold. It may seem like a lot because we don't consider Desmond Bain an elite player, mm-hmm. like he's not in the same vein as like you know a Damian Lillard or you know stuff like that. But I mean, I don't even know if you'd put him in. I guess you could put him in the Clay Thompson role, right? I mean, Clay Thompson. Uh, yeah, yeah, you could, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, but I mean, Clay Thompson's going to get paid, right? So he's going, he's basically well, the Clay Thompson to Josh well, Steph well, well, it's easier to say a guy like Clay Thompson is going to get paid because of that big factor that we've talked about. Winning. They win. <laughs> yes. Right. So, so it's easier to pay guys when the team is successful. And right. I think that 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 goes back to a big part of that problem. And actually, I, I'm a I'm gonna take a really quick segue and go into another situation where I'm kind of questioning it a little bit. Mm-hmm. We're gonna look at Indiana real quick. Um, while while we're talking free agency and extensions and everything, mm-hmm. I want to talk about a similar a similar contract, five years with a potential of two sixty. Tyrese Halliburton. Now, I I like Tyrese. I think he's a heck of a player. Clearly at his age, I mean, he's still super young. I think he's only, what, 24 maybe? Yeah. He, he's he's still very early on in the league. You know, we saw, we saw a little bit, you know, we saw spurts of him in Sacramento before the uh, Sabonis trade. And when he went over to Indiana, we saw that like, yo, like he he's really about that life. But at the same time, a team like Indiana, when you have a guy on your roster that's making 260, who's clamoring to go to to Indiana? What has Indiana done to say, yo, y'all should come here? So that's an example of one of those contracts where I'm like super talented player, 
but it's clearly a player first mindset there. Get what you're worth. Because I do feel like, I mean, if a team is willing to give it to you, you deserve it. However, just understand that that severely limits what we can put around you. I think I I think in 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 the case of Indiana, there's been so many things that have gone on just over the last, you know, year, really. There's the the failed talks of the trade with uh the the potential talks of the trade with the Lakers when it came to uh Miles Turner and Buddy Heald possibly getting shipped out. There was the drama with Miles Turner where Miles, you know, Miles Turner is making these remarks about the city and about not wanting to be there and not really feeling like he was welcome there. And then next thing you know, he signs an extension. So all those questions were there. You know, you have you have the talks and then nothing came out of, you know, Miles Turner and Buddy Hill being moved. And then you also have. Uh, just last off season, uh, we we briefly talked about it on one of our earlier episodes where uh, DeAndre Ayton signs an offer sheet with the team and Phoenix was quick to match it. You know, to me, that was a power move with Phoenix more than anything else. But again, that's a whole other story. Um, and, and then, you know, now we're looking at giving a guy like Tyrese Halliburton all this money again. That's not a knock on him. I look at it the same way I look at like a Desmond Bain situation. Everybody, everybody is going, everybody's going like you're, you're a max player somewhere. So I'm not going to say he doesn't deserve that money. I feel like, again, he does. He's a hell of a player coming over from Sacramento. We saw what he was about. We saw what he was worth. My only thing is, again, if you're in a place like Indiana, you give one guy this much money. Then you have to turn around and be like, let's work on filling out this roster around him. Who and who's really saying like what what NBA player and I I hate to sound like I'm bagging on the pacer so bad, but what NBA player is going to wake up and be like, bruh, I just really had a change of heart. I really want to see what it's like to play in Indianapolis, my boy, like like it's. It, it's an unfortunate situation being one of those smaller market teams. Yeah. But if players aren't forcing themselves to go there, the only thing that's going to get them there is money. And now you have that much less of it. Right. And, and I mean, you know, granted, you know, <laughs> granted Halliburton is in a, a hell of a position to get paid. He just, he's had, he had a career year with Indiana made the all-star team I take that Wally Zerbiak, but scissor. Yeah. So, you know, if it's like somebody's got to be a max player, he's obviously the, 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 the star there in Indiana, even though they have miles Turner and buddy healed there. So, you know, I don't, I don't have a problem. I don't have as much of a problem with it as I did with Desmond Bain. Mm-hmm. At least the mo- the money seeming that high. It's like, yeah, but, you gotta you gotta take care of your guys and and make sure you retain those dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Indiana will be another one of those teams where they got one guy signed to a big number, but I mean they they could look around the league. I don't think there's anybody that they're gonna be throwing crazy money at. That's like, 
you know, I, you know, I gotta, I gotta go sign with the Pacers. I think Halliburton, hmm. Halliburton is the right kind of guy where you want to go play with that dude, but he's in a place where people are like, people don't really want to go play for pace. Now, exactly. There's that. And the fact that they're coached by Rick Carlisle, who's been known to kind of rub people the wrong way and wear out his welcome. And, and that, and, and, and the, and the thing that's tricky there is almost like the Dylan Brooks and Memphis type thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Carlisle has been known to rub people the wrong way, but you know what else he's been known to do? Win. Coach a championship team. So it's one of those things where you got to (laughs) pick how much am I willing to deal with? Right. And, and I mean, granted that, that, that 2011 title was 12 years ago, but Hey, I mean, they still look, look, I I gotta, I gotta throw this joke in there just because I listen to NBA radio, you know, pretty much every day. We can sit here and say that Carlisle won his ring 12 years ago. Right. Right. Anytime I listen to NBA radio with Brian Geltziler on uh, Saturday mornings, they always announce that he is hosting the show with the 2007 coach of the year, Sam Mitchell. So it doesn't matter how long ago you did it, clearly. (laughs) I I just think like Carlisle, Carlisle probably won't be like a big selling point. Like, granted, his X's and O's, he's one of the best X's and O's coaches and adjustments coaches that they that we have in the league currently. I love Rick. I'll always have a sweet spot for Rick because the Mavs are my team. But, you know, Rick and young players, it hasn't always worked. It, it right. hasn't always been like a seamless thing. Now, he won't be the one necessarily that, that will bring in top-notch talent, whatever. It's like – right. It's basically okay. We got Halliburton. If we can, if we can improve our positioning and look like we can make the playoffs, then you know you might have some guys that say, you know what, I want to be a part of that situation and help help try to get them over the top. But it'll be it won't be elite players. It'll be like great role players, top end guys like that right. that you get because that's what happens when you're a small market team. You either hit in the draft. Which I mean, they had, didn't they? They did that with Paul George, right? So, right. You hit in the draft. You and that was by that was again. that that was by trade, wasn't it? I don't. I, I, I don't think they drafted Paul George. I think they traded for him on draft night. Yeah. So essentially, he was drafted there. Yeah. I mean, but, it was. Yeah, it was a smart move. Yeah. 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 So it's like that move, you know, basically got them to the Eastern Conference Finals. Right. And like only, that team, only only to have to meet a guy named LeBron James, <laughs> right? But it's like, but it's like that that team was loaded though. It had plenty of talent. Shout out so, to Dan. Shout out to Danny Granger, who doesn't get talked about enough. Yeah, shout out to Danny Granger and Roy Hibbert, and Lance Stevenson, Lance Stevenson. Like that team, that team had dudes on it. So you know, I when I you know that's how you that's how you have to do it though. You have to get some guys in there that excel at whatever it is they are and have one guy that's an elite player like Paul George was at the time and then have a bunch of like veteran guys come in dudes you pick up that that you know are ready to pop and then that's how you get that's how you get good as a small market team look at Milwaukee Giannis right like 
it was Giannis, and then Giannis proved himself to be elite, and they started putting guys around him that complement that. Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, all Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday. Who is who is arguably, and I will go on record and say this, arguably the best defensive point guard in the NBA. I no 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 disrespect to 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 the guy that won (laughs) DPOY last year and Marcus Smart. Right. Drew Holiday is the best defensive point guard in the National Basketball Association. Book it. Yeah. So, but it's like that's what you have to have. And the smartest player first, and then you know you put the right veterans and the right role players around them. So that's that's where Indiana's trying to get to. And Halliburton, if he continues to play at the level he is, people are going to want to go there because they're like, okay, he makes guys better. And so role players benefit from that. There's certain guys you could probably get, like a Buddy Heald is going to excel playing against, playing with a guy like Tyrese Halliburton because he gives <laughs> the ball up and, and they get in transition and they do things. Right. So, you know, with that being said, I mean – Looking at some of the other moves here, I mean, we got LaMelo Ball. He re-upped for the same amount. Ball in. <laughs> right. So I think that's a no-brainer him. for Charlotte. Good. It is. It to me, to me, it's the same situation. I don't see Charlotte going anywhere anytime soon. So But again, if they do, again, it's still to him. Yeah, and no, that's and what I'm Brandon saying. Knows. Like yeah, oh, definitely. Like, I feel like they could be a very, very dangerous one-two punch, especially in the Eastern Conference. Um, because if we're real, Melo, ooh, let me catch that. I don't care if he's retired. Um, I'm not well, ready. You know, that, that, that was kind of the rule. They were like, well, we got to wait until Carmelo yeah. retires. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait until he puts on his gold jacket because we know that's coming. Um, I'm still gonna call him Lamelo. So Lamelo, name Lamelo. I'm calling Lamelo. There you go. Lamelo hasn't. If we look at his career so far, he really hasn't had the chance to play with a big that can really stretch the floor that I believe the way Brandon Miller can. He he did. I'm not going to mention names because this is another one that I'm going to go in on, on on that episode about idiots. But um, he did play with another guy who for a while I did hear a pretty cool nickname that hopefully they can keep going with. Um, It, it was Airbnb. And I'll explain that later. But um, that that dumbass will be an unrestricted next year. And I'll, like I said, I'll go into that when when the time comes. But. I think that having a big guard, a big guard like Ball, and having a a a big yet swift guy in the front court like Brandon Miller, I think we're gonna get some surprises out of Charlotte this year. I really they'll, they'll do, especially sure. especially especially if Brandon Miller keeps up the pace that he had at Bama. I I I think I think that Charlotte is really going places. So I'm with you. I mean, the future looks good for them. Again, it's one of those things where when it comes to the young stars, you gotta give them their money, especially in this era of the empowerment, because if not, they're gonna bounce. So you 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 have to make that happen. So I mean, shout shout out, shout out to LaMelo for 
for cashing in and getting what, like I said, what he's worth. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's, it's a no brainer for Charlotte just because you, again, a small market team, you got to keep the guys that sell the tickets and, and give you a reason to be worth a damn. So right, right. LaMelo, you know, six, six point guard that is electric on the fast break. Can his, his shooting is, is better than a lot of people thought it would be at this level. Well, it's also um, gotten better. Right. It's gotten better. And so, you know, like the, the, it's, it's funny how all this is starting to come together and we're starting to see the promise as soon as Michael Jordan sells the team. But yeah, I know, I know, right. You know, a, a tandem of Brandon Miller with LaMelo ball, they still, they still got a chance to like build around those dudes and have them become something. I mean, you didn't want to mention him by name, but I mean, Miles Bridges, like he was part of that future. I don't know if he will be going forward after next season, but you know, like there's a chance that, I mean, say they re-sign PJ Washington mm-hmm. and you have, you have a Brandon Miller, you have a Miles Bridges, you have LaMelo, like there's a chance that, you know, you could, you could have a team that sneaks into the play in. I mean, it, it could happen because I mean, the expectations won't be high. I mean, Brandon Miller could probably come in right now and start. It's not like Gordon Hayward's going to be in the way. So I think, um, you know, I, I, I like, I like the direction Charlotte's going in and by locking up their soon to be all-star point guard, you know, I, I think, I think it's a good move. So, right. Um, going from that, I mean, we had a few other moves here. Um, I won't, we probably won't go into depth on a lot of them, but I mean, we got Eric Gordon signing with Phoenix, um, mm-hmm. Dante DiVincenzo leaving Golden State to go to the Knicks, Corey Joseph, uh, joining the Warriors. That's a big move. <laughs> Villa, um, Villa, Villa Nueva York. <laughs> yeah. Villa Nueva York. Um, now, now they just, now they but just one. need like, now they just need like, uh, anybody else that now they need like Kyle Lowry to, to sign a minimum with the Knicks and. Just keep look, 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 one, I, I got I to gotta throw one deal out there. One that I'm actually very excited about. Of course, I'm going to have to pull the homer roll. No um, losing, losing Mo Bamba sucked. I know he was kind of injury prone once we got him at the deadline. But I'm very, very happy about the Lakers pulling Jackson Hayes from New Orleans. Uh, Seven-footer. Here's a crazy thing, Shane. Here's, here's a crazy thing. I don't know if you realized it. Did you realize that thus far in his career, he doesn't do it very often, but his three-point percentage is up there somewhere around 70, 75%. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So my my big thing is another, just like being in the West. I mean, we got embarrassed by Denver. We got dusted by Denver because of a lack of size. We're bringing in another seven-footer that's actually been healthier. So I think that that's going to be big moving forward for the squad. Yeah, you got to have in in today's league, you got to have size, you got to have athleticism up front. Um the days of like the plotting centers is pretty much dead. Right. Um so it's you know, it's one of them things it's like you you going to have to you know, look at this situation and say, "All right, well, we got to we got to find a way to enhance the athleticism around guys like Anthony Davis and LeBron." So you know, losing a Mo Bamba, you know, it, it, I, I don't know. I like, 
just from the outside looking in, I think the issue with Mo Bamba is that prone. I mean, first off, he well, couldn't there, stay healthy. The injuries, but I think there's also it's the fact that he's relatively. I mean, he's been in the league for a little bit. He's mm-hmm. 25, but Mo Bamba has yet to show what exactly his calling card is in the NBA. Like right. we knew coming out of Texas, he had stretch five potential. He was a shot blocker, you know, not like not a great rebounder, but he's got like some switchability as a defender to be mobile also, for his size. And he also unfortunately got caught into that 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 vibe of being those guys that kind of had to prove their worth during the COVID mess. Like, so, I mean, I feel like that, I feel like that changed a lot of people's careers, some for the better, some for the worse. Yeah. His, yeah. Like, I just think his, his lack of finding that specialty right now, I think that's what's hurt him. Cause if you can, he couldn't carve out a role with the Lakers. Hmm despite like the things we know about his skill set. So obviously that still needs some refinement. I'm I'm assuming it has something to do with maturity and just, you know, being how to contribute best to a winning situation. I think if he can hammer down what his skill set is in the NBA, is he a stretch five that block shots? Right. Is he like a Maxi Kleba guy? Right. Where he hits threes and can protect the rim at a decent rate and be switchable. Or right. is he just a stretch or is he just a shot blocker? Like we don't know. Um, I think Jackson Hayes, it's like, we know what he is. He's a runner. He's an energy guy. He can finish above the rim and, and do his thing that way. So I think he's another guy where it's like, you know, you can kind of look at it almost like they're taking a flyer on him because he he's not a guy that he was that was a starter per se. Yeah, yeah, but but the, but, the yeah. only the only the only reason I don't look at that necessarily as a flyer is literally the complete opposite of what we just said about Mo Bamba. Jackson Hayes was healthy, like we that that's a big and I mean again just to reference it that was the same thing that we talked about with like you know even the like. Like with 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 your squad, the Kyrie to Dallas move, like it's easier to look at a guy like Jackson Hayes with optimism because he's always there. <laughs> like he now he didn't he didn't play a ton of games last year, but I mean, he was no I'm saying but but yeah. it wasn't because he couldn't right that that's what so, I'm saying yeah. he was always there and available. Now if coaches don't play him, that's one thing. But if you're not playing because you're hurt or because of off the court commitments, that's totally different. He was always there. And when he was there and he got the chance, he performed. That's why that's why I actually do look at him with a little more optimism than a guy like Mo Bamba, because we weren't able to see Mo's potential because Mo was not able to play. To me, that's a big difference. Do you feel like. Sorry to cut you off. No, no, um, you're good. What's up? Do you feel like he can come in if this is even in play? Is he is he a starting center for the Lakers next year? Because I mean, he's only uh, at, the at, most he's played at, is 20 minutes a game in a season. At the beginning of the season, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. I I wouldn't start the season with him in that position. So like a spot starter role. But we could, I mean, yeah, we could check it out to see because 
the benefit the benefit to the squad right now is if he stays healthy and if he shows us enough potential to be a spot starter immediately anthony davis can play more than 60 games right because he won't have to burden as much of the load exactly that's why i love what he can potentially bring which goes no back guarantees to the, but yeah right which which, <laughs> which that's why i said that's why i say potentially yeah which right. i mean it absolutely goes back to what i was saying like the whole like the Kyrie thing the mo bamba thing with them there's total uncertainty yeah. with jackson hayes like i said he wasn't missing time because he wasn't healthy. He right. was always there in uniform. The coaches just chose not to play him. Right. And that right there shows we could even look at what we just mentioned earlier about the Carlisle deal. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe there was something with the coaches while he was there. Maybe there was an issue with them where they're like, I'm not playing this guy. So, but when he was on the court, we saw the numbers. I mean, I know the numbers are super low, but I mean, I'm not gonna argue with 75% from three, even if it's even if he only took four threes in his career. Hell, he hit three of them. Like I, whatever. I mean, that's that's like us laughing. Oh, Shaq only made one three in his career. Or was it two? Whatever. We still make it a point to mention those things. They still matter at the end of the day. So, at the at you you can't replace being seven feet tall and guarding the rim and last season that was the downfall for the lakers that that was that was the downfall was that we did not have a lot of interior defense that was regularly there so i think that bringing in a guy like him like i said the big thing is health two things that you can't coach are health and size yeah if he can stay healthy he's already knocked both of those out and you can bring him in darvin ham can work with him on the rest yeah, because like he feels a need as a as a young, athletic big that that specializes in in rim running, playing defense, and I mean mm-hmm. you need that. And I mean you saw you saw what kind of, we talked about this last episode about defensive versatility. I mean, right. it yeah. allows the Lakers. You could have a you could you could honestly have a a a, a lineup where you have Hachimura out there. <clears throat> With Jackson Hayes and AD, it's possible. Mm-hmm. You know, like like just having like that length and that that size. I mean that that's big. That's, I mean that that allows the Lakers to have a little bit of a dimension they didn't have to a team that's already pretty damn good defensively. That's what I was just about to say. Right, to win, so, it 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 could be one thing in the NBA Finals, but to win in the West, you got to be big. Right. You you got to be big. That's what killed the Lakers this year in the conference finals. They didn't have anybody that could deal with uh with Jokic. They 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 didn't have anybody that could deal honestly with Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon went off. Like they right. Right. they they didn't have anybody that could deal with those big guys. And if you look at it, that's exactly what Denver used to take advantage of Memphis in the finals. Miami Bam, you're right my mistake that's that's exactly what they use to take advantage of the heat yeah in in the finals is I mean you had you had Bam you got Arbayo but outside of that what you got if you're if you're next if you're yeah if your next best option 
<laughs> is to throw Duncan Robinson on Jokic. Go 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 ahead and mail that in. Yeah, go so, ahead and mail it in. It's a wrap. Yeah. So like going from one team in LA to other teams in California. So <laughs> one. So like we we didn't touch we didn't touch on this. I won't we won't expand on it too much because I'm I'm you know we're running out of time. But you know Russell Westbrook going back to the Clippers on a on a very team friendly deal, two years, only eight million. I think yeah. that's big for them just because Literally. he he did play well for them in limited time. Literally, um, my point right there. Literally, right. I I just got to jump in real quick when I was talking about the other guys signing their max deals. Get your money. Russ is literally proving my point. You you've proven your worth to the league. You've gotten your money, and now you're on a chase for a ring. And to me, and this is another thing that we can talk about much later. I, I think we could honestly do an entire episode on this. To me, the concept of ring chasing i don't see a damn thing wrong with it we'll we'll get to that later but russ wants to win russ is at home russ is in los angeles this dude came up in la he went to ucla this is home for him he doesn't want to go anywhere so for him he's taking this cut right now so that money can go to other people unfortunately his top two stars right now are either unhealthy or you know unhealthy on paper and having fun on yachts we did whatever it is but he knows what he wants and he understands that the money isn't the big thing i totally respect him for this yeah and and i mean like, like i said it's it's a good move for the clippers because i mean you're you're not hamstrung by money you know i just think the main reason i wanted to even talk about this is just it's just crazy that russ opted in to his last year with the Lakers and he made $47 million last year, mm -hmm. 47, four, seven, <laughs> he's going to make four, right. going to make four million over the next two years. The only reason the next two, four years, the only reason that or that trip. Million. Yeah. Yeah. The only, the only reason that that trips me out is the fact that, yeah, you had more money while you were playing on a team where at least they, could, they, at they least, really at least you out of there. No, no, that, that's not what I was going to say. I was going to say you're dealing with at least a team where at least one of the guys was healthy most of the right. time. Right. Like, yeah, Anthony Davis was always knocked out. But I mean, when you were there up until last season, I mean, LeBron, LeBron had his issues, but you decided to go to a team where I got to go back and look, I want to go back and look and count. Well, no, the answer, I feel like the answer would be very close to zero. I'd be like, Hey Russ, how many games after you signed with the Clippers, how many games did you actually play with Kawhi and Paul George? How many games did y'all play together? Yeah. I, I'm curious. I'm going to have to go look that up now. Yeah. But, you know, like, like I said, I mean, for the Clippers, like, I don't know, they're in a, they're in a weird spot now. Cause it's like, okay, like you got your, your best players are always injured. You got an owner that's not afraid to spend. So now it's like, okay, like, what, what do you do? Do you go out and try to add another guy? Like I've been hearing James Harden connected to that, that team. 
So you go, you're basically talking idiotic. about another idiotic. another guy that's always hurt. I'm not with that. Yeah. And don't want to play to to guys that are hurt and you know, we don't know if they want to play or not. So exactly right. You know, but I'm I mean with that. A couple other things I want to get to, and then we got some WNBA we want to get to before we wrap up. Um one of the one of the more shrewd, I think we've I've used this word in the past, signings that I really like. And we put this on our Instagram uh here over the weekend. So the Sacramento Kings were active. They went out and signed a guy that they drafted in 2017. It was a second round pick. Uh, they went out and signed six foot nine Bulgarian forward Sasha Vizinko. Now I'm Vizinko, definitely no, I'm now, I'm, I'm definitely gonna let you handle that one because I know you're much, right. much more well versed on the right. international game. Yeah, I've, I've so always I'm, I'm gonna let I've, you take the yeah. lead there. Yeah, so so Sasha Vizinkov, he's six foot nine, he's a lefty. Um, I think he's 20, like 26, 27 years old. So um, so Vizinkov was Euroleague MVP last year, averaged 17 and seven, shot 50, almost 55% from the floor, shot just under 40% from three. Now his, his, his game is, is interesting because I feel like given like Demona Sabonis being there, the Aaron Fox, two lefties, which is kind of rare. You add another lefty in Vizinkov, who from everything I've seen him playing, he plays for Olympiakos in, in Greece. Um, Vizinkov is an elite shooter, quick release. Like I said, lefty stroke moves really, really well off the ball. Um, I think he can add a dimension because they expect him. They signed him with the ex expectation that he will play real minutes for them year one. So given that he's a seasoned pro, at least from the Euro League, it'll be interesting to see how much he contributes right away to the Kings. But I like I like the shooting. I like the off ball movement. I feel like that's going to allow him to play, you know, a couple positions for them. Uh, I think he'll play really well with Demonis Sabonis. I think he'll play really well with De'Aaron Fox. So I think, you know, given given the shooting they have, they, they got Kevin Herter, like, you know, Fox is, is a stud, an all-star player. Demonis Keegan Sabonis Murray. is as well. Keegan like, Murray, that's my boy. Keegan <laughs> Murray is a great player. Like, yeah. Like, when you when you can add a guy like Vizinkov in there, like I said, guys that that play with some IQ and some movement, I think he's gonna play really well off those guys, just given what he can do as as a like I said, a six nine shooter, quick release, moves really really well without the ball. Um, I mean, if we know, really if we really if we really think about it, I mean that's that in in their heyday that was God, I feel so old saying this. Right. But in their heyday, that was Sacramento's calling card. I mean, you got yeah. Peja, you got Hito. He like would, that he would be he would be the Peja piece. <laughs> yes. He would be the Peja piece. I love it. I love everything about it. Right. I you already you already know me. I don't like to compliment Sacramento, but I love that. I, right. I love and, that. And so a couple more things. Uh Kyle Kuzma re-ups with the Wizards, uh four years, 102 million. That was Obi one of the and traded to Indiana. The coup, the coups move quickly is one of those things like we talked about earlier that lets you know somebody's about money more than winning. Washington ain't going nowhere anytime soon. But yeah, he could have, he could have, he could have. Now, now, granted, they may be fun, 
and they may do a little bit better maybe than they did last year. I ain't with it. I don't. I mean, I it's not hard. I put it's all not, my eggs in that basket. Though. It's not hard for them to do better than last year. What did they win? Like thirty-five. Yeah, they weren't very good. So I mean, come on. It's look now. I could I could go suit up with them right now, and they would win more than last year. I'm right. good for at least I'm good for at least two points a game. Yeah, I'm talking trash about myself. <laughs> I, I, I'll do better than that. Just let me let me do some push ups and hit the track. But, yeah, so uh, one more thing and then we'll get to uh, WNBA and then we'll wrap up. So a mm-hmm. um, couple under the radar signings for the Brooklyn Nets. I want to talk about this because I thought it was I thought it was interesting. James is going to hate because you this. because you want to hurt my heart. Go ahead. Go, it hurts go ahead. mine too. It hurts mine too, uh, but for a little bit different reason than for you. So I, I literally, um, I literally took him off my my team roster when I heard it. But go, <laughs> but go ahead. Yeah. So uh, Dennis Smith Jr. is going to the Brooklyn Nets along with Lonnie Walker. Mm. Now, the reason I say this is going to hurt both of us, Dennis Smith Jr. as y'all know was drafted ninth overall by the Mavericks uh, the year before they got Luca, mm. and. You know, he he went off to Charlotte. He's played for a couple other teams. He's finally, like, reinvented his game. He's one of the better defensive guards in the league right now. So I was kind of hoping we'd get a reunion with him with the Mavericks with a different role next to Luka. But he's headed to Brooklyn. Lonnie Walker, who had had some moments for the Lakers last year. Shine, bro. Shine. Um, and now he's he's headed to Brooklyn. So like that, that's big for them as they try to kind of move past the era of the Kevin Durant, Kyrie, all that deal. Now they can now they can bolster a lineup that has Mikhail Bridges and they got rid of of uh Joe Harris, who's headed to Detroit. So Brooklyn's making moves. I, I was I, I was super excited to keep Lonnie Walker, man. That he he's only six four, but dude played like he was six eight. Right. Dude, dude, dude had it, man. He 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 was on one. Like I say, six four, six five. I mean, dude, dude, he he brought the LA game that I love to watch. That dude has heart, man. So he he's one of those departures where you know a lot of times you might be like, oh, so and so, you know, leaves this team or whatever. Oh man, bump that dude. Nah. Lonnie Walker leaving, bro. I as a as a diehard Laker fan, I can't say a bad thing about him, man, because at no point while he was in that purple and gold did he do anything that made me to think negatively about him. That I, I'm a, I hate to see him go. As soon as I saw that Woj bomb, man, I was like, nah, man, come on. Like I I I really I'm a thought young guard that the Lakers end yeah. up losing. I, I really exactly. I really, I really thought, and another reason that I love him, you know, he's a team guy after his success and the time that he spent in San Antonio. Yeah. Yeah. Any, any guy that goes through San Antonio and and actually does well there, I would love to have them on my team. Any of them, anybody that can go through the, anybody that can go through the pop system, you are an NBA guy that can, that I can benefit from in some kind of way. So, Having Lonnie there, remember, I told you as soon as we found out, as soon as we found out we got him, I texted you and I was like, I, 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 I'm not gonna say what I texted you. I was like, <laughs> but I was like, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
I'm not. I'm not gonna say what I texted you, but uh, I was like, let, let me PG, and I was like, bro, Lonnie <laughs> Walker, dog. I was so excited. I really was. Yeah. Like outside yeah. of like those like superstar signings, I was I was ecstatic to have this dude because he's a team guy. Yeah. So I was just like, yo, and I mean, you look at what went on during the season. He gave us exactly what he was about all along. Right. Dude didn't complain. Dude didn't argue. He showed up and did his job. That's it. And I'm like, that's the kind of guys that, that those are the guys that win. Those and are he the, waited or, his turn too. Cause I mean, he yes. could have, you know, he, he wasn't in the rotation and yes. he, you know, when he was called upon, he did his thing. He had a big moment. So yes. Like he, he'll, I'm sure he'll be missed in LA for sure now. And he's um, a heck of an asset for Brooklyn, like you said. He, he's right. he's going to do very very well there. I I will be tuning in to Brooklyn games just to see him playing alongside Mikael Bridges. I think that's going to be super exciting. That, that's going to be and, and it's, it's going to be a young fun team. Patty, for sure, they got Nick Claxton there. Like it's going to be a fun team. I'm a big Nick Claxton guy too. That's that's another one. Like like what the old hey, we always make wrestling references. We look, we look at, we look at Roman Reigns, you know, shirts. Like <laughs> those guys are going to come in with a mindset, wreck everyone and leave. Right, right. <laughs> like, now it's going to um, be fun. So last segment, the last thing we want to get to, we're going to take it to the to the WNBA. Yes, uh, their All Star is coming up. Um, we yes. got a couple performances we want to talk about. So James, I'm gonna let you have that, and then we'll, right. then we'll we'll get out of here. Look, I. So I'm just going to get straight to the rosters. Um, their voting process is a little different. Um, they actually split it up three ways. So the WNBA splits their fan voting up. 50% goes to the fans. 25% goes to the media. And they actually leave the final 25% to allow the rest of the players to vote. So I I love it. I, I love that idea. And there's other things that go on outside of that. Like I said, I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna go too far into it just because it we've we've been going for a minute. So I'd, I'd we'll we'll talk about that at a later date. I will say the starters and the reserves have already been announced. I'm going to give you guys those names in just a second. Um but just like the NBA, there's going to be, you know, a, a selection ceremony, a.k.a., you know, an all-star draft that'll take place this Saturday, the 8th, on ESPN. And the following Saturday, the 15th, is when the actual game will take place. One thing that I thought was really interesting, and I honestly didn't realize this before, Shane, I don't know if you, I don't know if you knew this, you know, whatever, um, when it comes down to the voting for the W all-star game, mm -hmm. they literally, the, the first thing they literally just take the top 10 fan votes. And those are the starters conference doesn't matter. So mm -hmm. this year in the all-star game, <laughs> hear me on this dude, eight, of the 10 <clears throat> starters in the all-star game are from the Western conference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
it, it's it's funny. Yeah, I don't know. It's I kind of like it. I kind of like it. Like I I think to me to me that just totally kills the need to be like oh we have to have this many from this side we have to have this many from that side. It's Who the are... complete opposite of like what we were talking about with the NBA All Star Game. Like we right. want the we want the NBA game to go back to the yes uh, before yes. And this one is like well ours is so top heavy but yes here we are so, <laughs> yes it's so, so funny That's so. Hilarious. So what ends up happening, um, I'd, I'll I'll go ahead and mention be before I get into you know all of the extras and all that. They've also announced the All Star coaches. So shout out to uh, Stephanie White of the Connecticut Sun for uh, being one of the coaches, and on the other side, um the best friend that doesn't realize that she's our best friend because she wasn't in Knoxville, um, Becky Hammond. So Becky Hammond, Stephanie White are going to be the two all-star coaches. Now, Shane, hear me out now. <laughs> I'm going I'm to hit you with some trivia real quick. And I know you know your hoop, so it shouldn't be too difficult. I'm going to give you the eight Western starters. And I want you to give me the two starters from the East. You ready? Mm -hmm. All right. So in the West, we have Jackie Young from the Aces. Mm -hmm. We have Brittany Griner from the Mercury. We have, we have, look at, look at Siri jumping in, trying to be nosy. Sorry, y'all. She, she does that a lot. Um, We have a Neka Agumake, the Sparks. We got Satu Sabali from the Dallas Wings, Chelsea Gray from the Aces, uh, Jewel Lloyd from the Seattle Storm. Uh, We got, you know, everybody's favorite, Asia Wilson from the Aces. And I know, right? And and rounding out the eight, we got Arike Agumbuwale from the Dallas Wings, right? So So that's eight of the 10 starters, Shane. There's only two from the East that were voted in as starters. Who are they? And I'll give you a hint. The only hint I'll give you. Actually, you know what? I'll give you two. Hint number one. One of them's a rookie. Hint number two. One of them would have been a Western All-Star last year. All right. So um, so one one has to be uh, Brianna Stewart. Brianna Stewart is one. And um you already know. I feel like that's a given who the other oh, one is. Oh yeah, yeah. Like like what? Um but um the second I feel like we just talked about this. I feel like it's a given on the other um, one, bro. So you said one's a rookie? One is a rookie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Aaliyah Boston. Let's go. All right. So those eight all-stars in the West, (laughs) on the East side, the two starters are going to be Brianna Stewart of the New York Liberty and Aaliyah Boston of the Indiana Fever. Now, I feel like, uh, again, I just got to show that respect. People need to pay attention to what is really going on in the W. I'm going to mention, I'm going to go ahead and go through the reserves 
<laughs> people, people just come on now. Like these reserves alone could go and get us gold in any Olympic tournament. That that's how deep the WNBA is. And I think people really need to, to keep watch. So on the West, we have we have Ezi Magwigor of the Seattle Storm, Nafisa Collier of the Minnesota Lynx, and then setting a record, we have Kelsey Plum of the Las Vegas Aces. Quickly, Shane, do you know why Kelsey as a reserve sets a record? Um Hmm. You know, you know, you know, you know, ESPN is kind of off the wall, but I I say it's Kelsey setting the record, but it's not Kelsey as much as it is the aces that that's not not to put it all on Kelsey. Yeah. Um, the, The what the number of all stars. All right. So check this. You're You're on the right track. Let me go ahead and hit you with it. Asia Wilson, Jackie Young, Chelsea Gray, Kelsey Plum. The Las Vegas Aces are the first team in WNBA history to have four All-Stars in three consecutive seasons. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. (laughs) So That that is freaking insane. Very impressive. Very impressive. Very impressive. And think about it, though. Think about it. If playing time shifts around, if performances shift around, people forget that Candace Parker's there. Right. Could have been five. Right. <laughs> Could have been five. So so shout out to that. So, again, Magbegor, Collier, and Plum on the West. Of course, the list is a little bit longer on the East side because they only had two starters. So in the <laughs> East – we have Kalia Copper, former finals MVP. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have Sabrina Ionescu, very well-deserved after coming back from the ACL injury. So good. Yes. Uh, Kelsey Mitchell, uh, Courtney Vandersloot, formerly of the Chicago Sky, now with the New York Liberty. Um, so we have, good. Yes. Yeah. I'm, this team, these teams are so <laughs> deep, bro. Um, Alyssa Thomas with the Connecticut Sun. We got Elena Deladon with the Mystics. Like, man, Ale- I feel Elena- like that's so crazy. Like, like, so you mentioned Deladon. Yes, it's so crazy <laughs> because it's like Deladon. It's almost like she's forgotten in a way. I, like, why was weird. I just? Like, why was I just about to say the exact same thing? I was just about to say Elena Deladon might be the best player in the WNBA that nobody talks about anymore. It's so crazy. It's like she, she's like, like it's almost like she's, it's like she's been lumped into, like the veteran group. Like she's yeah. been, like yeah. she, she's, I agree. Like, like if, like if we're being real, she's what she's around. Like, she's kind of in that middle veteran type of group where like she's in there with like the Britney Griners. She's she's 33. She was drafted. Right. She was the number two overall pick by Chicago in 2013. Right. So like she she's she's around like that Brittany Griner age of veterans. Like she's not like in the Candace Parker, like it's kind of crazy. No, they were actually like, no, they they were back to back because that year Brittany Griner was the number one pick. 
Right. And so they were, like, they were drafted back to back in 2013. Yeah. So it's like, it's like you, you, and she's been elite. Yeah. She's been a killer, man. Right. So like I told you, look, I won't I won't go into too much detail, but the only reason I ever had any sort of beef with her was when she brought up that whole thing about like lowering the rim for the women. I, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I won't I won't get into that whole thing. Just know that I was not in favor. But um, yeah, no, she she's Della Don is going to go down as a legend, man. Like, will she's another one that we'll have to make sure we get to Knoxville for. I yeah. all yeah. respect to her. She's a hell of a player. And and she deserves the spot on the team. Um, right. I um, go ahead. Lastly, with the WNBA, this is one. This is one point we, well, we agreed we were going to hit on. Hold hold on hold on hold on before you get to that. No 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 no. I thought I thought you were going to say something else about her. Oh no. I I purposely saved two all stars for last. Okay. <clears throat> um. No, you good. So the two that I purposely saved for last is because. I'll have to go back and look, but I think this might be the first time that our home team actually has two all-stars on the roster. Yeah. I, I'm, I'll have to go back and double check that. Any fans listening, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is the first time that the Atlanta Dream have two all-stars in the same year. We have... Alicia Gray and Cheyenne Parker, both named to the Eastern Conference All-Stars. So congratulations, shout out. I do want to quickly say before we jump over, Shane, um, I just want to quickly go over the records that we're looking at right now. Did you realize that the Aces are 15 and 1? Hmm. Yeah, they're, 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 they're on a rampage, bro. The Aces are 15 and one. Their only loss this season was on the road in Connecticut against the Sun. A 94 77 loss to the Sun on the road. They are 15 and 0 outside of that. I mean, I can't. It's one of those things. It's like, it's impressive. I can't say I'm surprised just because of how good they've been. Mm. But. A lot of teams moved around and, mm. and a lot of well, a lot of players moved around and changed teams and there's a lot of good teams. So the fact that they're 15 and one so far, like that, mm. that's that's big. I'm not surprised, now, but man, they're really, really good. Here here's here like, here's a couple of crazy things. So they're number one in the West right now at 15 and one. Mm-hmm. They're nine and zero oh at home, six and one on the road. <laughs> in their last 10 games, they're nine and one. On the east side, the New York Liberty. They're the top of the East, right? Mm-hmm. 11 and four. So they're already three games ahead of the East leader. Here's the wild thing that I want to point out. The Aces are first in the West at 15 and one. The Dallas Wings are second in the West. Do you know how many games behind Vegas they are right now? I'm going to say... And this is without looking at the standings. <laughs> look, I'm, I'm gonna tease. I'm, look, I'm gonna tease you and be like, "No, nah, that means he's looking at him." No, 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 I'm not. <laughs> but I, I'm gonna just take a guess, and I'll probably be way off. But I'm, I'm gonna say that they're. I'm gonna say that they're. 
I'm gonna say there's seven games out of first. I'm gonna tease again and say, look, I'm telling y'all now he was cheating. I don't care. I don't care. Yo, I, it? I don't care. They are seven games out of first. Place. Yo, I'm so, I'm so good. The aces, the aces <laughs> are so fifth, the aces are he cheated. He cheated. He cheated. Damn it. The aces if y'all are... must know though, if y'all want to know like what it what exactly is on my screen right now. <laughs> I am I am trying Shane, to find Shane, 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 Shane. Remember PG 13, man. No, no, no. It's it's not it's not the hub. Oh boom, um, boom, boom, boom. yeah, not this time. Oh, sorry. Uh, but okay. I'm actually like looking for content to put on the sports page. <laughs> for, I love it. I for love the Wednesday it. edition of the Belt Austin Daily Times. So I'm I'm I, I'm I trying it. to I'm I'm working while I'm working right now. I love it. So, so the fact that that you know, y'all just, I feel I like it's, it's, it. I, I feel like, like I feel like I feel like seven is the magic number. So y'all check this. It is the aces <laughs> are the aces are currently fifteen and one. The Dallas Wings are the second team in the West right now with a five hundred record of eight and eight. Yeah, my boy nailed it. <laughs> and I, and, I, and he, I have not. I, I will admit, I have not looked at any WNBA standings since last season. Yeah, my he he went in, he went in, so, he nailed it. So shout out to that. So shout just, out to Lucky Guessness. I, I nailed yeah, it. yeah, I know, right, right, right. So so quick rundown, and then Shane, I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let you get to you know the points you wanted to make about the ladies. Just quickly, the reps on the team: the Atlanta Dream have two players. Uh the Connecticut Sun have two players. The Indiana Fever have two players. Dallas Wings have two players. The Seattle Storm have two players. Of course, the leaders of the pack are the Aces with four. The New York Liberty have three. And then the Chicago Sky, the Washington Mystics, the LA Sparks, the Minnesota Lynx, and the Phoenix Mercury all have one. So... We definitely have, you know, the cream of the crop that are going to this game. So, again, I say the draft will be on ESPN this Saturday, July 8th. The actual game will be on ABC and the ESPN app on July 15th, the following Saturday. Y'all make sure y'all tune in. Give these ladies their love. From day one on this podcast, we've made that very clear that we want y'all to make sure that y'all are repping these ladies as much as we do. So make sure y'all do that. I'll definitely be tuning in. I'm sure my boy will be tuning in. I'm going to have my opinions. Look, last year I came in and I talked about, you know, the WNBA all-star game on the podcast. Y'all make sure y'all go back and listen to those earlier episodes. We're going to have fun with this. We want y'all to have fun with this. So make sure y'all tune in give us picks who's going to be the number one pick in the WNBA all-star draft who's it going to be we have our captains Asia Wilson and Brianna Stewart who were the top two fan votes in the draft they're gonna they're gonna be the ones that are actually pulling these moves out on Saturday so make sure y'all tune into that Shane I know you got something that you wanted to throw out there about about the W so far so go ahead and knock that out man yeah so th this, this is just real quick and then we'll wrap up um I, I wanted to give a shout out to Atlanta Dream, uh, second year player Ryan Howard. Uh, she had 43 the other night. I want to say she had 30 something in the first half. 
Um, she's the fifth 40 point game of the WNBA season so far. James, mm-hmm. you can you can you can piggyback off me with that with that stat. Oh, you already know, man. Look, I look, I got it sitting right here because I gotta again, I want to show that love. So Ryan Howard dropped 43 the other day. Uh just just like Shane said, uh, you know, the fifth, uh the fifth player this season to do it. The other four, uh, Jewel Lloyd dropped 41. Um, Arike Agumbawale again dropped 41 as well. Dewana Bonner of the Connecticut Sun also dropped 41. The league leader right now, as far as scoring output, Brianna Stewart, all-star captain for the East. Brianna Stewart actually dropped 45 this season. So these ladies are balling, man. I'm like, in any anybody that wants to come out and try to say that they're not doing it. I'm I'm like ah come on man, All right, they, they these these ladies are showing up and showing out. That look that's that's gonna be my new hashtag. That's gonna be my new like you know tag every time I post something about the the ladies doing something dope. I'm gonna be like that. I'm gonna be like show up and show out. That's that's gonna be my thing. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Now, as always, if you have made it this far. Thank you for making JWJ a part of your day. If you're not already, make sure you follow us on social media. If you're listening to us on YouTube, give us a like, subscribe, hit that notification bell to be notified whenever we drop a new episode. Uh, As far as podcasts, we can be found on almost every platform. We're on Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and more. Uh, You already know the drill. We can be found on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can follow us at the JWJ Podcast. Give us a like on Facebook at the JWJ Podcast. You can follow us individually. You can follow me at, at It's a Thomas Thing on Instagram. You can find James at Title Towns Mayor. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in with us. Uh, we we it feels good to record almost a back to back. We recorded Friday for our for our first free agency. Uh, mm-hmm. It's Monday afternoon right now when we're doing this. So um, we're excited to to po- post more regularly, and hopefully you guys will keep rocking with us. So uh, thank you very much for tuning in with us and we look forward to having more episodes for you yes thank you look he said everything that needed to be said man we appreciate you guys we love you just do us a favor and keep tuning in but um until then i want to thank y'all we appreciate you thank you for tuning in to jw jay